This is a show about getting spooked for fun, and neither one of the hosts are associated with the attractions discussed in any way. Except for those skeletons in Devin's closet. Some topics may go from ghoulish to ghastly, so viewer discretion is advised. Welcome to The Great American Scream. everybody, and welcome to The Great American Scream. My name is Devin Wright. My name is Adam O'Connell. Welcome, everybody. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Adam, I have a friend here today, and I'm oh. going to show her to you. I didn't you. know that we were having a guest this week. I would have prepared interview questions. Yeah, I'm sorry. We're going to have to share the microphone, so it will be a little bit weird from a sound perspective, but it will be very okay. good. Okay, ready? One, two, three. Oh. This is our lovely friend. What do you, what do you think her name is? Oh, I mean, I, uh, my brain immediately said Geraldine. I'm going to uh, describe for our uh, listeners what I'm seeing. Please describe who you've is. named Geraldine she's to the audience. Probably, uh, uh, she's a, a little doll, probably slightly bigger than like the average hand. Uh, she's got a lovely pointy hat with a red ribbon around it. Um, she looks like she's full of surprises uh, mm-hmm. and fun. She's a clown, and also if sand. I didn't make that clear. And yeah, she, <laughs> also she, sand. She's a clown doll. She has a porcelain face. Her real name is Bonnet. Oh, Bonnet. Uh, Ezra has really just an ever-multiplying number of these in our home. Uh, and I thought this episode's about creepy dolls. So I thought this would be a great, a great just guest for us to talk to. Yeah. Uh, Bonnet, could you give us uh, an insight as to what it is like to be a, to be a, a you know, creepy to some doll? That's that's lovely. Thank yeah, you so thank much, you. Uh, Bonnet, and thank you, Ezra. I'm gonna. She's gonna sit here and watch me for the rest of the I'm, show. <laughs> sure that's very threatening. To uh, make yeah. sure you don't have any ill will about haunted dolls or uh, or clown dolls. No, I feel like she she feels included in the show, and that's what's important that's to me. Yeah, I'm glad we have her presence. But um, so I really enjoyed speaking of clowns. I really enjoyed our discussion about why people find clowns so scary. Uh-huh. So I thought it might be fun to do it with another kind of similar, very common horror trope, the creepy doll slash killer toy. Ooh. They, yeah, they've been a part of our horror culture uh, for a while, uh, just as creepy clowns have been from stuff like Chucky to newer editions like Annabelle. And Toy um, Story. They show up at <laughs> the which one? The Toy Story. All the Oh, yeah. Toys. I will I say actually like the- them more than the others. I love the Sid toys, but have you seen Toy Story 4? No. The ventriloquist dolls in Toy Story 4 are Ooh. so frightening. <laughs> I'm so, spoiler alert, I guess. They're very they're very scary. But so I want to let's talk about where the trope of the creepy doll comes from, some of the most popular example, and uh, of course why people are so freaked out by dolls. Um and yeah. actually uh, pediophobia is the official term for the fear of dolls, and that's just any doll in general, not just hmm. uh, the creepy doll. That's interesting. Pet pedio, like uh, I don't, I don't know. Is that just know. like it sounds like you're afraid of children? That's what the internet told me. I mean, what is a doll but a beautiful little child? <laughs> what is a doll but a but a not alive child? Yeah. So uh, speaking of <laughs> horrifying concepts. There's kind of two sides to the why are dolls scary or why are people afraid of dolls argument. Okay. One side of this argument is talking kind of like how our brains are wired and our inner psyche. And I think that clowns and dolls are scary for the a similar reason. 
can we're kind of like back in the uncanny valley now uh okay. and this following stuff is from research conducted by talia wheatley who is a cognitive neuroscientist at dartmouth um so she says that our brains rightfully so get freaked out when we can't tell a who from a what that's why people find stuff like realistic mannequins or wax figures creepy because our brains kind of getting cues at like this looks like a person but we know that it's yeah. not yeah yeah and i wonder how much of that is just from like movement you see a doll even a really really lifelike one and you're like that isn't a person i know because they're not like breathing or looking around or even like animatronics we know what like movement looks natural yeah and i find wax figures particularly really creepy because when you go to a place like madame to like so when you go to a place like madame tussauds or like whatever archaic wax museum you may have in your hometown oh wow they they look so much like a person and when you get up close to them you expect them to like radiate heat or like have micro movements and they yeah. don't it's yeah it's the very, micro movements it's very very freaky to me well i'm, I'm sorry i'm sorry i didn't know i didn't know <laughs> but, i wouldn't um, have brought this full-sized wax figure of theodore roosevelt if you if i knew <laughs> oh man oh night the museum what a pull what a yeah great thank movie. you thank you Um, So faces and the ability to recognize faces are very, very important for brain function um, since like that's such an important thing for babies. And that's kind of why babies can get freaked out by things like costumed characters in amusement parks or whatever, because it's kind of a face they haven't experienced yet and they can't tell if it's a face. Right. So because that's so hardwired into our brains, it doesn't take us long to recognize a face. That's why we see faces in things like electrical outlets or cars or whatever. Like That's the, there's a Twitter for that. Face, faces in things. And it's <laughs> just all the different little faces. Yeah, it's fine. Well, basically anything with two round shapes for eyes and some kind of curved line for a mouth, our brain is going to clock that as a face. But we are <laughs> like clocks. Exa- exactly like clocks. Um, we're smart, so we're also able to tell what faces are alive and have a mind behind them, or else we would go around and start assigning inner lives to like cars and houses along with human beings. Well, we do, but yeah, you, I've I mean, seen that's kind of the Pixar cars. thing. Yeah, man, we um, should do an episode about cars. That's a scary the film world. or just the concept. <laughs> you know, I was talking about the movie Adam, but I do like the idea of having just an episode of this horror podcast. Like having a horror podcast about Pixar's cars is like a stupid enough idea, but to bring it one level further, as you always do, to make a horror episode about the concept of cars. I mean, Stephen King's Christine exists for a reason. It's not a good reason, but it's a reason. Yeah, I mean, Henry Ford existed and he was pretty scary. That's all scary. I find cars scary. I had a dream about driving last night, which is the first time I've ever dreamt about driving. And oh, wow. it was only kind of a nightmare, but I digress. So the more something looks like us, the more likely they are to have a mind that we can connect with. So we don't look at an electrical outlet and go, huh, I wonder what he's thinking about. I mean, you might. (laughs) I do. (laughs) But then enter dolls, because dolls can look so much like a person. We are often receiving cues from a doll's expression, and our brain is searching for a mind to connect with, but cannot find one. There are all these signals telling our brain that thing is alive, but we know it's not. And that's what mm. makes it creepy. Uh, Enter Dolls is the name of my uh, ventriloquist workshop where I teach people how to be, how to do puppetry. It's just a sign hanging over the entry. Enter. It, it says Enter and Dolls. What is, if it says Enter Dolls, what does it say on the exit? Enter Dolls, exit. 
please leave my dolls where you found them and <laughs> take your hands out of them. Please. Um, it's a big sign. Yeah, there's a lot of lettering. Uh, interestingly, according to a 2017 Fordham University study, kids nine and under are way less likely to be uh, creeped out by the uncanny valley and dolls and adults are. And this may be because they don't fully grasp the concept of what's alive and what isn't yet because yeah. they might think their toys are alive or things like that. Because And also because we grew up on stuff like Pixar movies and right. movies where things are personified that ki- like kids under nine don't have a full grasp on like that thing is an object and doesn't have anything else going on. Yeah, and they probably also have never seen like Chucky. Like, there's also the, yeah. the the opposite argument of like the societal thing telling teenagers that like not only are dolls alive, they gon- they want to kill you with a knife. Yeah, I mean that's and that's the other side to the why dolls are scary argument. Um, that it's because of pop culture and fear as a conditioned response. Um, so David H. Rosmarin, PhD, APPB, is an assistant oh. professor at Harvard and the founder of the Center for Anxiety, and he believes that I'm the other founder of that. (laughs) I'm the statue outside of the Center for (laughs) Anxiety. Uh, So Dr. Rosmarin uh, believes that pop culture is much more to blame for people's uh, fear of dolls than our psyche and inner wiring. And so fear is a conditioned response that we learn over time, right? That's why children aren't afraid of traditional horror symbols that are otherwise unthreatening. Right. Um, we kind of you show a baby a pentagram and they're like, we, I can draw that. Do you want me to? And you go, yeah. yes, good baby. We, they don't have a connotation uh, with anything occult or scary yet. And it's true that uh, as a small child, we learn from what to be afraid of from other people's reactions. So if people are screaming and running away from something, chances are you are also going to do that because you, you right. clock that. Oh, like that's what I'm supposed to do relating to this thing. Therefore, if a horror film or horror culture teaches a kid to be afraid of dolls, they'll obviously learn to be afraid of dolls. Yeah. Um, And in the same way, uh, we learn to be afraid of non-threatening things based on the context that they're presented in, right? So if your child associations with dolls are playing with Barbies uh, in your, like, playroom or whatever, in your Barbie dream house, chances are you're not going to be afraid of them. But if you had a doll that like showed up in an unexpected place in your house or maybe was in a dark part of your room in the middle of the night or you saw it in a film, it made noises you don't like, like that might be why you start to associate it with it being creepy or threatening. Yeah, it kind of makes me think back to the finding faces in things like when you're little and it's like dark in your room and you see like what you think is a person and like that concept is scary because it's like oh somebody i don't know the identity of is like in my room at night and mm-hmm. the same thing happens for like dolls so you're like that doll it's- normally is super smiley but they look kind of angry in this dark yeah, in light. the dark or with a certain light they might look scarier and because they're a face i mean with a combination of these two things it can feel like something is watching you if you have kind I mean, of one yeah. of those dolls in your room <laughs> You literally brought a thing with eyes into your room. It's going to look like it's looking at you. Yes, Adam. Yeah. So the reason dolls then work so well in horror is because of kind of like the the dissonance and the tone dissonance. To see something that's very cute or familiar put in a scary light is that it's what all horror is based yeah. around. Something being unexpected or dissonant. Um, and scary and haunted dolls have permeated our culture far before the likes of uh, Chucky, Tiffany, and Glenn slash Glenda. And our, and our, and our true regent. Yeah, Glenn, Glenn slash Glenda, Glenda, not scary, not threatening. 
just a, a just friend. Great. A friend. A fr- <gasps> yeah. <laughs> so let's dive a little bit into kind of uh, where the trope comes from culturally and in like in a historical context. Let's so dive lot- in. I've filled the pool. It's an Olympic sized pool with dolls. Let's full dive in like Scrooge full McDuck, of doll but parts. with dolls. <laughs> Disgusting. Um, a lot of what we associate with haunted dolls comes from stuff like poppets and voodoo dolls. Uh, they're similar in concept, but come from different religions and spiritual practices with poppets being more associated with like Anglican witches and kind of like you think of like the Salem witch trials and then voodoo dolls being actually wrongfully misassociated with Haitian yeah. voodoo and Louisiana voodoo as these dolls don't really have a prominent place in either religion. A little bit of a tangent, but what would have, what we know of as a voodoo doll basically describes an effigy in which pins are inserted. That's kind of like the base definition. And it actually didn't start getting associated with voodoo until the 20th century in Western culture. So more so by Louisiana voodoo rather than Haitian voodoo with a U. Uh, They're mostly a pop culture item rather than an actual religious artifact. And the whole like stick a pin in its stomach and the person will feel pain thing is almost entirely derived from pop culture and movies. Uh, and any effigies used in most branches of voodoo are often used for healing instead of hurting. So we have a lot of yeah. cultural misconceptions about voodoo dolls. Yeah, and we can be pretty sure that a lot of that just comes from uh, racism and yeah. especially a 19th century need to like create this idea of a uh, black person, especially in, in a place like Haiti, of black people or black specific pieces of black culture being somehow dangerous mm-hmm. or uh, dangerous in a non-institutional way because obviously they did not have much institutional power. Exactly. Um, but regardless of all that, anything that falls under this umbrella is more a more specific type of effigy and an effigy being some kind of doll or sculpture meant to be the spiritual representation of a person. It's often used for religious, ceremonial, spiritual, or occult practices. So I think when we think of effigies, you think of like burning an effigy. That's just one way they're used. Yeah. Catholicism has effigies. Yeah. Like every single one in a church that's a a cross with a depiction of Jesus, that's an effigy. Mm -hmm. That's what those are. They're not always meant for for burning or for trying to do harm. They they sometimes are just the representation of a person. And yeah. we've all seen the Wicker Man, or we've at least seen the the scene where Nicolas Cage is attacked uh, by a bee helmet. Yeah, I believe his line is it's it's very beautifully uh, delivered. Kind of this calm. Yeah, uh, can you please. give me a can you give me a nice reading? Yeah, um, please. Uh, I'd rather not with these bees. That's my full line reading. <laughs> Thank you. And another tangent about the Wicker Man. This is another thing with like a dubious history regarding Celtic paganism about what this like Wicker ceremony actually was. But I digress. Um, yeah. And effigy is not always meant to be burned in protest. They are used for tombs and funerals as well. I mean, yeah. a sarcophagus and like agent or a, uh, a what do they call like a death mask? All effigies. Yeah. Right. And we can rest assured that the depiction of Celtic paganism is a uh, just anti-Celtic and anti-Gaelic influence of uh, British people or English people specifically. Yeah, I mean, a <laughs> lot of uh, I, um, this is true for a lot of horror culture, too. A lot of these like historical bases for these tropes are because they got so misconstrued by right. colonialism or racism or whatever. Sexism in the terms of yeah. in terms of witchcraft being just women who owned property. It's like, yeah. well, they had to use dark magic to do that because our laws are so awful. <laughs> yeah. 
But very often effigies were associated with the dead or the dying, and religion and mysticism from all parts of the world have some variation of this. And especially in Western culture, we have then started to associate dolls with being possessed or inhabited by spirits, ghosts, demons, because they are so often associated with death. Yeah, and I'm guessing that a lot of that especially in American pop culture, can be linked back to the... We've ta- we talked about it in Ouija, this like late 19th century uh, spiritual revivalism of mm-hmm. a pretty healthy relationship with death uh, and reverent relationship with death getting morphed over time into this like occult view. Exactly. And there have been uh, some very notable, famous haunted dolls, especially yeah, in American history. Yeah, they've held history. elected office. <laughs> they've... Their contributions to our society are are vast and endless. Yeah. Because the history of cursed objects and haunted dolls predates a lot of haunted doll depictions in film and TV. In fact, like you would think, oh, people started to claim that like dolls were haunted because they saw them in the movies when very likely it was the other way around. Yeah. And many of our favorite dolls from the silver screen have been based on actual haunted dolls. So I have a couple of my favorite, uh, two of my favorite examples of some famous haunted dolls. Firstly, we have Robert. Robert was previously owned by a Robert Eugene Otto of Key West, Florida. Uh, Robert was first purchased in Germany in 1904 by Otto's grandfather, who gave it to him as a gift. And he wears a cute little sailor outfit that many people believe belonged to Robert Eugene Otto. Okay. We're not sure. And Um, he shrunk it down? Like, no, because like it, it, this is a rather lo- this doll is about the size of a toddler. Okay, and who who's 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 in it? Is it just a is it um, so, is Robert in it? Yeah, according to legend, Robert has spiritual abilities that allow him to move or change facial expressions. And if uh, he's currently on display at the East Martella Museum in Florida, um, okay. and if museum visitors do not respect him, they often experience quote. Post-visit misfortunes. Ah, I get those after I go to Taco Bell. <laughs> but, um, uh. um... So it is not confirmed who or what inhabits Robert, just that he himself is imbued with some kind of supernatural powers. Good and for him. he was the inspiration for Chucky. Oh, okay. So I he's feel like he's launched not a cultural as, movement. I feel like he's not as scary as Chucky, just kind of on a base level. Right. Yeah. Because, I mean, Chucky isn't that scary. But Chucky's, I think, is more fun than scary. Like, he's scary, but he's fun. Yeah, he's fun. And, like, the concept of this doll killing people is fun. Like, it's funny. Yeah. And I mean, Chucky's uh, funny. Chucky is funny. (laughs) And another tangent to that Chucky has, like, the whole thing with Chucky is that the the, the killer has possessed this doll using, like, quote, voodoo magic. So there we go again, kind of all tying it back. But I think a a nice scary counterpart to Robert is, and you've probably heard of her before, but Annabelle. My my niece? Yeah. She's a lovely girl. Your niece, Annabelle, is the haunted doll. I think she's in second grade Um, now. Good for her. She was made famous by Ed and Lorraine Warren, who are uh, the famous paranormal investigators that are the subject of the Conjuring films. The Conjuring, the first Conjuring, is the first horror movie I watched, and I was like, "Hey, it's pretty good." Yeah, Conjuring, Conjuring. I love the Conjuring movies. I mean, I'm usually not a big paranormal horror person, uh, but I think they're great. Um, so Annabelle, she's now had both Annabelle and Annabelle Creation uh, as films, but in the movie, she's kind of this like porcelain doll, but she's actually a Raggedy Ann doll. 
That makes sense. Who is reportedly possessed by a demon masquerading as the ghost of a young girl named Annabelle, having harmed okay. several members of the house where she once lived. Uh, it's a little bit on the nose, demon, to name yourself, say you're a young girl named Annabelle. Like, yeah, like somebody, think- <laughs> somebody was like, what's your name, demon? And the demon is like, uh, uh, and then glanced towards the doll he was possessing <laughs> and was like, and saw the Raggedy Ann tag and went, uh, and, uh, Bell. <laughs> it saw the Raggedy Ann and then the doorbell. And then, yeah, and then a bell, yeah. <laughs> so she is currently on display at Warren's Occult Museum, which Devin is only an hour drive from us. Oh, wow. We have to go see her. If only either of us had a car. Yeah, I know. Dag. Also, note, this has been going around. At the time of this episode coming out, we're recording it on August 21st. There's been a big social media rumor that Annabelle has gone missing. It is not true. She's still there. She's um, still actually, there. To, not to dunk on my own I don't know goof, if the demon's but, still there. Right, but the doll's there. Okay. Not to dunk on my own goof, but uh, the Warren's Occult Museum is actually not open right now because of uh, zoning law issues. And oh the doll, God. I believe, is currently in possession of the Warren's nephew. So she's not actually at the museum right now, but she's also not missing. She's fine. I thought you were going to say because of the pandemic we're all going through. But no. No, I think it closed before the pandemic, but I couldn't uh, confirm that. All right. Regardless, she's in the tri-state area. (laughs) She's somewhere in the tri-state area, you know, but it's going to be like everything else. We're going to be like, Annabelle, where do you where where are you going to be in the city? And he's going to say, well, like I'm in the area. And we're going to say, well, if you're not on my block, I'm not going to come see you. Yeah, the rest of this podcast here. is actually going to be like a backpacking trip between me and Devin through the Tri-State area <laughs> trying to find Annabelle. Finding Annabelle. So obviously she's the subject of uh, both 2014's Annabelle and 2017's Annabelle Creation, uh, where she appears and says a porcelain doll because the producers thought a porcelain doll was scarier, which I mm-hmm. guess, yeah. And yeah. also because they'd have to get special permission to use a Raggedy Ann doll. There it is. That's the real reason. And I also think... You didn't want to interact like, with big, big Raggedy Ann. If I was the CEO of Raggedy Ann, I wouldn't want them to use the Raggedy Ann doll because then You say all that, the, but Hasbro's like making Ouija movies. I guess, but like Ouija's always supposed to be creepy. I wouldn't want the, 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 the kids to be afraid of getting a Raggedy Ann doll. For, you know how all kids get Raggedy Ann dolls for Christmas nowadays? Adam, I was going to bring that up. <laughs> so, how many kids do you I, think are getting Raggedy Ann dolls? <laughs> I don't want them to be afraid of the Raggedy Ann dolls. So haunted dolls like these have inspired several uh, famous fictional haunted dolls. Ooh. Uh, So one of the first instances of uh, scary dolls appearing in film was 1936's The Devil Doll, which uh, in which a scientist uh, shrinks down people and sells them as dolls. I like that a lot. Let's bring that back. Live action remake. Honey, I shrunk the kids for. But they're dolls this time. <laughs> and it's horror. I know. The uh, idea of turning people into dolls is actually a less played with trope nowadays. Yeah. But they used to do it a lot. Like House of Wax and films like that. Um, but Honey, it's I kind of fallen out of... <laughs> Mr. Megorium's Wonder Emporium. We've It's kind of fallen out of favor as a trope. Um, but scary dolls have appeared in a ton of horror media, such as um, Poltergeist, 1982, in, uh, the clown doll that attacks uh, the sun, in which I think is the scariest scene of the whole movie. I'd agree. I haven't watched uh, with his Poltergeist in limbs. quite a long time. but Very scary. In Dead Silence, 2007, in Billy the Ventriloquist Doll, a ventriloquist doll, a very popular subject 
for yeah. the uh, haunted doll trope because they're already a little bit creepy. They have a yeah. voice and stuff. And they're meant um, to talk with the human's help. So them talking without it is like, ah. Exactly. And in Dead Silence, I think I haven't seen it in a while, but there's a Wahlberg in it. And the, uh, the, One the, of ventrilo- those. the ventriloquist doll, I think, steals people's, like, they can't scream. And if he, they scream, he'll steal their tongue, something like that. Oh, okay. Um, you know how the, dolls do? Yeah. 2016's The Boy in Brahms, which, okay, I don't like this movie. I'll be, I'll be frank. I'll put wow. it out on the table. I hate Brahms. Put it Brahms. on blast. I get, hate Brahms. Get his ass. But the boy kind of uh, lampshades, or I guess inverts this trope in that the, 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 if you haven't seen the boy, uh, this woman gets hired on to watch the son of this very wealthy couple. And when she gets there, she finds out that their son is this kid sized doll because the real son like died in a fire. But then it's revealed, which is a good concept. But then it's revealed later in the movie that actually the doll is not haunted at all. And the boy Brahms actually survived the fire and has been living in the walls of the house moving the doll around which like is Adam. a good concept but a weird twist what yeah i don't and agree what, makes, what how is what he makes, moving the doll does it have magnets in it and he's like putting a magnet up against the wall and like moving it around what are you talking What's, about what makes Adam, me mad why is the boy in the walls no wait no <laughs> Wait, no, what makes me mad is that in the sequel, they refute this whole thing by going, actually, Brahms is haunted, which makes me mad. Also, you can't have a sequel to that. You can't No, you have to cab it there. We shouldn't have had any movies past that. What? (laughs) Do the parents know that the boy's alive? No, they think he's the doll, I think. But yeah. Just in the walls. More haunted dolls. uh, The Goosebumps book in Slappy. How uh, thick are your walls? (laughs) I don't know. You have to watch the movie. How's the boy eating? He's like a decrepit old man in the walls now. He's eating uh, wait, uh, wait, 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 wall filling. It, I don't know. Are his parents still alive? If he's I a don't decrepit know. old man. Okay, he's not okay, that we old, need to but watch, I don't know. We need to watch the boy. Yeah. The, <laughs> the goosebumps, goosebumps and Slappy. The uh, Slappy the dummy. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Goosebumps, you got us again. I love Goosebumps. Um... The Twilight Zone television series had two different Haunted Doll episodes, uh, one Talky Tina and then two Caesar, the uh, Haunted Ventriloquist Doll, who is the one that haunts the ride. If you listen back to our Twilight Zone ep- or our Tower Terror episode, we talk about Caesar. Why didn't they have Talky Tina haunt I know. the hotel? <laughs> and in the Saw franchise in Billy the Ventriloquist Doll, unrelated to Dead Silence Billy or is he dot 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 because those well, two films... Those, cause those two movies are made by the same two guys. Yeah, but also they only share. It's not like it's not like their last. They're both name is Billy. ventriloquist dolls named Billy. Yeah, but <laughs> Adam, that's like saying that like Mark Ruffalo and Mark Wahlberg are related because they're two actors named Mark. That's Do you know that they're not? <laughs> I guess I don't, but I don't know what this check and mate. Yeah, you got me. Checkmate atheists. <laughs> And of course, in the Child's Play series with Chucky first appearing in 1998. So to go a little more about Child's Play, because I think that's kind of the codifier for what we think of as a creepy doll or a haunted doll or a killer toy. Chucky and the Child's Play series were created by Don Mancini, and Chucky was voiced by Brad Dourif and everything. But the most recent remake in which Chucky was uh, voiced by Mark Hamill. Yes, Mark Hamill, the best voice actor that you didn't know was a voice actor. Mark Hamill, hero of this podcast. Hero. Hey, Mark, come on this podcast. Oh, my God. Can you imagine? <laughs> uh, 
The 2017 Child's Play remake did a, a different riff on Chucky where I haven't seen it, but I believe that instead of him being possessed, it was actually kind of like a um, uh, like the dangers of AI kind of thing where he was like an, ah, a smart doll. He was a, it was no. a mashup. It was a crossover with Smart House. The old oh Disney God, film. Smart House. Yeah. Um, but so in the original uh, Child's Play films, Chucky is the spirit of a uh, serial killer, Charles Lee Ray, uh, mm. who is trapped in the body of a good guy doll. And he goes on a quest to find a new human body to host his spirit. And that's kind of, I mean, I think about halfway through the franchise, he's like, never mind. I like being a doll because I can't die, which I guess that is Makes a sense. plus. Yeah. If you're going to have yeah. a long and prosperous career as a serial killer. Yeah. He. You know, he killed out of necessity. He wanted a new human body, and then he found out that he loved the thrill of the kill. Yeah. Um. So he was primarily influenced by the My Buddy dolls of the 1980s, okay. and the idea was to make him look cute and innocent, which I think if you were kind of going into Child's Play having never seen Chucky before and you saw what the doll looked like, you'd think it's pretty cute. Like, I think yeah. we all look at it and go, oh, no, that's creepy because we associate with Chucky. But the original Child's Play look is pretty cute. Yeah, I don't know if, like, I think I would still see Chucky even now. Like, to me, one of the things that makes Chucky a, like, mostly well-executed character is that he still looks like a weird doll. Yeah. Even when he's, like, all cut up and stuff. Like, he still looks yeah. like a cute doll. And <laughs> he's here. I have a package. Chucky's, Chucky's here. here. Because the character itself is uh, so terrifying and outwardly malicious, you don't really need to supplement that with a super scary appearance. Exactly. Yeah. He does kind of get scarier looking as the films go on because he keeps like being melted or exploded and then he like sews himself back together. Right. Um, and Chucky has become one of the most recognizable horror icons in film history. Um, and he's, mm. of course, who we kind of think of when we think of a scary doll. So interestingly, you know where else haunted dolls are absolutely huge? Where, Adam? eBay. <laughs> so if you were a fan of the uh, the podcast, My Brother, My Brother and Me, you already know this, that haunted dolls are huge on eBay. But earnestly, I had no idea just how extensive it was until I researched on my own. Okay. You can buy haunted dolls on eBay for as low as $5 or Ooh. as expensive as hundreds of dollars. That makes sense. Um, so a lot of these sellers are looking for uh, better homes for the spirits, while others are trying to get rid of them because they can't handle the, like, responsibility of taking care of a ghost. Um, and I guess I applaud them for being honest, because if I was trying to get rid of a haunted doll, I definitely list it as, like, definitely not haunted, extremely normal, very good doll. Yeah, I'd agree. <laughs> But most people are like, oh, this doll's definitely haunted and I can't handle that kind of responsibility. <laughs> yeah, well, a lot of them are like, this doll sent me an orb and said, I don't want to be here anymore. And so I'm passing her along or whatever. Yeah. So while I was browsing, I totally fell in love with this one haunted doll named Princess Julie while browsing. Okay. Um, but five, under, five other people were bidding on her, so I had to let her go. She has been sold since I did research for this podcast. Okay. And uh, Devin, if you click the link in the outline, I've linked to a uh, the eBay sure. listing for Princess Julie. I'll click on this link. She's not scary. She's adorable. Bidding has ended on this item. I know. It's very sad. She's. Uh, I'm glad she's going to a good home, though. Uh, she comes with a cute little teddy bear and a blanket, this, and it says... not what I was expecting. <laughs> no, she's so cute. It's this, a, the listing says she loves to be cuddled. <laughs> this is a 2008 doll. Like, not... This this doll 
It's not like a Victorian creepy doll. It's like no, a doll I would have owned as a child. Yeah, it looks like a, a low-rent Rapunzel doll. <laughs> At the bottom of the listing, it says, uh, eBay rules. This is a tangible doll. Entertainment purposes only. I cannot guarantee a paranormal experience or cannot be held responsible for any paranormal activity you may experience. Active haunted spirit baby doll. Julie paranormal looking for mother wants love. <laughs> Condition. This baby loves to be cuddled and loves I her blanket and bear. That's not a condition. This baby. No, but I love this baby. Well, she's gone. I know. I hope she goes to a good home. Um, most of the ones that are sold on eBay are described as being sweet and nothing demonic about them. And they're just looking for good homes. But then again, if I had a demonic doll in my hands That's that I was exactly trying to sell on eBay, would that's probably what I would say. Yep. So I guess if you're going to go haunted doll shopping on eBay, shop at your own risk. I mean, always do that on eBay. on eBay. <laughs> Yeah, and also don't, you're not, uh, shop for the doll, not for the, not, you know, it's like my pop pop always used to say, shop for the doll, not for the spirit, you know? Yeah, I guess that's the thesis of this episode today. (laughs) Yeah, if you're going to buy a haunted doll, make sure you want the doll, and you're not just buying the doll for the spirit, because what if that doll doesn't have a spirit in it, and then you're left with a doll that you have to take care of for 10 to 15 years, you know? Yeah, do you ever think about that? It's sad. Anyway, this has been The Great American Scream. (laughs) If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to rate and review it if you're on iTunes. If you're on Spotify, there's a nice little share button. You can also follow on Spotify. That really helps us out. And the best way to spread the word about the show is find a friend who likes to get spooked or likes to talk about getting spooked and share the show with them. We have had a a really great last few months in terms of the podcast, uh, even as the world has had not a great few months. And we're happy that you guys are here to spend some time with us and have a moment to get spooked by silly stuff rather than real life stuff. Adam, can you pimp our social medias? You know, you can follow us on Facebook at The Great American Scream or on both Twitter and Instagram at Great Scream Pod. Please share your favorite creepy dolls and any uh, fun haunted doll listings you find on eBay that I can purchase. Uh, You can share it at us or post using the hashtag TGAS, Um, especially now that we are getting into fall and into the Halloween season. I'm so excited. Uh, thank you so much for uh, continued listening and feel free to uh, throw episode ideas or things you want to hear about our way because Definitely. your suggestion um, may become an episode of the show. Yeah. A special thank you goes out to Michael Segudo, who does our intro and Stevie Viola, who does our theme music. Also check out the Queer Thesperience, which Adam was on last week or the week before, I believe. And also subscribe to Casper Oliver's other podcast, Jar of Rebuke, which we might yes, both it should be have on. just come out this past weekend, the first episode. So uh, go and give it a listen if you like uh, supernatural, cryptid, paranormal, welcome to Night Vale style horror. Yeah, and also a little a little thing for myself. I'm now streaming on Twitch, uh, just like John Salamak wanted me to. <laughs> um, it's uh, Twitch.tv/dlaw d e e l a w, and come and hang out on that. Yeah, one day Devin and I are going to play Dead by Daylight. Yeah, for sure. We will definitely play Dead by Daylight together and get spooked out of our minds. Oh, I'm going to lose so bad. <laughs> but I have been Devin Wright. I have been Adam O'Connell. And hopefully you have been spooked and yeah. not put into a spooky doll to be sold on eBay. And if you're going to buy a haunted doll on eBay, buy it safely. And know that it's for entertainment purposes only. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>